0: Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling,
1: award-winning, world's only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondratz.
0: From the opera Turandot, I will conquer, I will conquer. Welcome to Healthy Vision, the talk radio show to help you conquer your vision loss. Dr. Edward Kondrat is a board-certified ophthalmologist and homeopathic doctor, author of four best-selling books. Healthy Vision is dedicated to bringing you the latest information for a lifetime of healthy sight and to help you conquer your eye problems. And now, your host,
1: Dr. Edward Kondrat.
0: Welcome to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and I'm really excited this evening. You know, the introductory music to the show is from the opera uh, Torindot, and the aria is uh, Nesim Dorma, and it's all about conquering, conquering. And this evening, we have Steve Bonnell, who's the Director of Communications from C International, and this organization, his mission is essentially to cure blindness. And before I introduce you, Steve, I just have to share with you how we came across the SEA organization. My wife and I went to the Hawaii and I meeting, and the main purpose of going to that meeting was to make contacts with vendors so we could begin to maybe order supplies and see how we could get uh, missions organized. I had gone to Vietnam and Mexico, and we were just struggling to, to get the equipment. And then when I came across SEA International, it was like a blessing. And also at the same time, I believe in synchronicity. This is funny. I don't know if you were at the meeting, but there was a uh, rocket scare. Everybody got a text, inbound missile hitting to Hawaii. This is not a test, seek cover. So everybody had that moment when kind of like your life flashes ahead of you, and you begin to wonder what contributions you have made Maybe to society, and have you been a good father and good <laughs> husband? <laughs> and then I run it into really things. really
1: puts things. Into, yeah, I'm sure it really puts things into perspective. Okay. Uh, you know, it's funny. You were asking me before we started recording about my background, and and I was a little bit broad in telling you that it's an international relations. But uh, my real area of expertise is actually in arms control. That's uh, what I I studied in graduate school and and worked in for a little bit. Before working at sea, C- and uh, you know, nuclear weapons, balance of power, and all that were things that I studied. And so I was not in Hawaii at the time, but I, I heard about it after it all happened, and thought to myself, "Oh, if I had been there, that would have been weirdly ironic, if you think about it, uh, to have studied all of this and then suddenly lived through this this weird false alarm." Um, anyway, you know, needless to say, I'm so glad that everybody was okay. Uh, uh, and there was no no uh, no real cause for concern.
0: Well, I think your organization uh, is just doing a wonderful job, and I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about the the mission statement for C International and how the organization got started.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, C International is um, it's not a young organization actually. We've been around since 1974. Uh, and we were founded by uh, an ophthalmologist named Harry Brown. Um, Harry uh, passed away, unfortunately, just uh, this last, uh, pre- past April, April uh, 2017, I believe it was. Um, but he, uh, it was his brainchild, really. Um, he was a really fascinating guy. He had been a, a doctor with the Navy, I think it was, uh, and graduated from medical school in the 60s. And then he went on this whirlwind worldwide tour, uh, working as a, a visiting ophthalmologist in places like Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, uh, I think he went to Kabul, Afghanistan uh, in the 60s when Afghanistan was, it was a very different place then than it is now. It was actually a very democratic country at the time. Uh, and uh, places like that, just in the, uh, all corners of the earth. And he really saw the need for volunteer physicians to come from the developing world and, and just help out. I, I'm sorry, to come from the developed world and go to the developing world and, and just help out where they were needed. Uh, he particularly saw that cataracts were you know, the, the, the main cause of blindness worldwide. And as an ophthalmologist himself, he knew how easy it is to treat cataracts, or at least a lot of the time. It, it should be easy. It's, it's uh, a relatively quick surgery. It's inexpensive. Uh, And it it really touched a a sense of of morality in him that so many people in the world were going blind so needlessly. And so that's why he created C International. He moved to Santa Barbara, where our our headquarters still are today. And uh, he and a group of of friends who are also physicians got together, and they created C. And the idea was uh, – so the, um, the, the name is an acronym. It's Surgical Eye Expeditions International, and the idea was that uh, his he and his, his cadre of friends and fellow ophthalmologists would fly to different corners of the earth, and it would just be for these limited amounts of time, uh, usually around three to five days of actually operating, uh, and that's how it still is today. Usually five days is kind of the uh, the usual upper limit of how we do our expeditions, but um yeah, he would fly to all corners of the earth and just perform cataract surgeries, uh, completely free of charge to the patients and their families. Uh, and it's made really quite an amazing impact. Over the last uh, 40, uh, 44 years, we have conducted um, almost half a million. Actually, we just turned over. It's, it's half a million site-restoring surgeries. We uh, we just crossed that milestone. And uh, we've uh, examined four million men, women, and children. Uh, So we've made quite a great impact and we're hoping to make more over the next few years.
0: Well, you're just doing an amazing job. And I know that was probably four or five years ago when I went on my first mission. This was a group called Vets with a Mission. And this is a group of Mm. Vietnam vets who go back to Vietnam every year. And they go into the jungle, the poorest villages they can find, and they were looking for an ophthalmologist. So my wife speaks fluent Vietnamese. So we went into the jungle. And over a two-day period, I think I examined close to 400 people. I never worked so hard in my life. Mm. And it was scary because I was probably the only ophthalmologist, the only eye doctor they would ever see in their life. It was like a one-time shot. And, you know, you're, That's right. You're making these diagnoses, and you want to do so much more for them, but I just didn't have the equipment, or the no. the organization to do it on my own. Although I attempted to do it on my own, uh, but you know, when I came across C International, it was just a blessing for me. Now there's a group that has the infrastructure, all the contacts with the drug companies, etc., to make this uh, you know a seamless Operation. Although I shouldn't maybe praise you too much because in one week I'm hitting mm-hmm. to Liberia, and I'll let you know if it's a seamless <laughs> operation.
1: <laughs> you'll, you'll you may be cursing our name before long, but I think you're going to do pretty great there. Um, I, I understand Liberia is a pretty. Uh, Pretty okay place to go to at the moment anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it really is only through volunteer doctors like you that we're able to do this. Uh, you know, most of the staff at sea are, are not doctors at all. What we do is we provide the logistics. As you said, we make the contacts needed. We, uh, uh, talk with local government officials, make sure that, uh, volunteers are cleared to go. We provide the supplies and, uh, you guys do the hard work. So we really couldn't do it without you. Well, it's
0: uh, it's, a, it's a lot of responsibility because you know, mm-hmm. as a, yeah. as a surgeon, I want to do the best job I can, and essentially mm-hmm. you only have one opportunity, and you really got to do a seamless operation because there's very little follow up. It's not like you can see them yeah. in a week and and reoperate. So
1: there's uh, yeah there's a- yeah well yeah and and I'm really that's how it's been really for us for most of our history. But that said, though, too, uh C is really evolving with the times as well uh because the rate of growth of blindness is pretty staggering uh worldwide. It, it, I believe it's by the year 2050. The World Health Organization uh, uh projects that the rates of blindness are going to triple by 2050. So that's 30, what, 32 years from now. Um, and just sending out doctors to do these cataract surgeries while well, it's an incredibly admirable thing that we've been doing that our, that our volunteer partners have been doing it's very admirable, but it doesn't really put much of a dent in that number overall. Yeah, and that's that why is, uh,
0: that is shocking. It's going yeah, to triple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what the projections are anyway. Um, the good news is that, uh, the projections for I think it was by the year 2010 that were made in the 90s um, were considerably higher than they turned out to be, and that's largely because of nonprofits like C and uh, a lot of the other wonderful uh, Vision Care nonprofits in the world that do this volunteer work. Uh, but the point is, is, yeah, if we want to keep on top of that wave of that that rising wave of preventable blindness. Uh, and also keep pace with the growth of uh, of blinding conditions that aren't cataracts. Well, C has to has to evolve with the times and create programs that are more sustainable as well. Mm-hmm. Now we're uh, uh, ones we're we coming up more- to a
0: break, and folks, you're listening Please. to Healthy Vision, and with me is Steve Banel from C International. And when we come back, we're going to talk more, and maybe we'll get into some detail about the the cause of this blindness uh, epidemic in the world, and also how you as the listener can help the cause of C International. So we'll be right back after this break. Okay, welcome back to Healthy Vision. And with me is Steve Bunnell, who's the Director of Communications at C International. And I, I think a very moving video that C has put together is called A Chance to See. Uh, and it really Kind of captures uh, the desperation and need of these people that are blind and really don't have any hope. Uh, they can they can go to the website, uh, the C International website, to to view that
1: video. Mm-hmm, that's right, and it's also very visible on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, just look up C International, S E E International.
0: Uh, because. I just had a group of pa- uh, patients in the office uh, this week, and I played that video for them, and I made an announcement that I was going to Liberia on a mission. It was very moving, and I don't think there was a dry eye in the room after watching <laughs> that video.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, that was a real real labor of love. Um some, we had a, a wonderful team of, of uh, videographers and filmographers led by, by uh, Brent Sturton, who is a, uh, just a terrific photographer uh, who uh, lives in the Ventura area, just south of Santa Barbara. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a really great video to put together. Um, Dr. Helena Ndume is, is kind of the star of that one, and she's really one of the crown jewels of our uh, team of ophthalmologists. Uh, She has just such an incredible story of escaping hardship uh, early in her life, living under an uh, uh, apartheid-controlled government, and uh, escaping Namibia, which is is where she's from and where she lives, and uh, uh, really turning her life into something amazing that really gave back to humanity.
0: Uh, But. You know, when you see the the poverty, it's one thing being mm-hmm. blind and having, you know, an amazing support system or government yes. agencies that take care of the blind and training. But these folks are just uh, abandoned.
1: I, think I just lost you there for a second.
0: Uh, these folks are just uh, abandoned by society almost. And just a simple 15-minute uh, yes. operation can restore their vision.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit, Steve, about oh, can you hear me? the cause—the cause of blindness in these underdeveloped. Yes, mm-hmm. is it primarily nutrition, or is it uh, other factors that are that are going
1: on? Well, it's it's all manner of things, really. I mean, the the rate of cataract growth is not really slowing down all that much, but you are getting uh, the rise of of other conditions as well. Uh, and one of the ones that we really are keeping an eye out for uh no pun intended is diabetic retinopathy which is uh, a condition caused by diabetes as the name would suggest uh, basically what happens is uh, you end up having a uh, well the, the diabetes ends up causing a, a proliferation of blood vessels in the uh, in the retina which is in the back of your eye of course uh, and that That ends up causing the loss of sight over time through a a complex set of events, really. Um, But it's irreversible at this point in time. It's a really, really bad thing to get. Uh, You can only really slow it down or stop the the vision loss from going any further, but you can't really make it better, at least at this point in time. Uh, And that's something that we find concerning because in countries like Mexico, for example, uh, rates of diabetes are going off the charts. Uh, as a matter of fact, for most of my, you know, really, I guess, uh, childhood and, and young adult life, uh, we always heard the United States and NATO passed by, I believe, a couple of years ago, actually.
0: Oh, I lost you for a second
1: there. Uh-oh, can you still hear me?
0: Yep, I hear you fine.
1: Oh, OK. Where did, where did you lose me? Um, oh, good.
0: Yeah, you were talking okay. about the, you know, the the real problem with uh, diabetes. The, the one thing, you know, in terms of the treating, mm-hmm. it requires more of uh, ongoing care. You know, when you have a cataract, exactly. and somebody's blind from the cataract, you can perform an operation, and essentially, the patient is on their own. They have good vision, but with diabetes, it requires exactly. more of uh, educating the community, educating doctors that will help them uh, with ongoing treatments with the diabetes. And of course, one of the complications with diabetes is a cataract. And if, um, you know, you have Mm -hmm. a surgery to move the cataract and you have the proliferation in the back of the eye from the diabetes, they're not going to have an improvement of vision.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really a tough, uh, sort of Thing to handle. And it's not the only condition that we find ourselves dealing with a lot that requires ongoing care. Uh, we also are treating a lot of glaucoma now as well, which is also something that requires a lot of ongoing care. You can't just uh, 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 do a super quick surgery, one and done sort of thing, as you can with cataracts. But that just means that C has to adjust its model and uh, create longer term programs on the ground, which is what we're heading towards.
0: Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you could share with us, Steve, some of um, the C success stories. Um, share with the listeners, sure. you know, areas that you discovered that really badly needed eye care and the, the impact that C made in, in the
1: country. Sure, absolutely. A bit more distortion here. So stop me if you, if you can't hear me, OK?
0: No, you're coming through fine.
1: Okay, good. Glad to hear. Good, good, good. Yeah, well, so really the number one success story that comes to mind more than anything is, uh, again, in Namibia with Dr. Ndouma's program there. She has treated upwards of 35,000 men, women, and children in her home country of Namibia. And uh, Namibia is not, you know, it's it's a large country geographically, but population-wise, it's actually fairly small. So thirty-five thousand is a pretty good dent. Uh, there's still always more for her to treat and everything, um, but she really has uh, created an amazing operation there, where the government will send out vehicles to pick out to pick up people from uh, from out in the sticks, from uh, out in the countryside, bring them into town uh wherever she's operating and uh get them treated. Uh on the other hand, we also are traveling into some uh countries that really need help that we haven't really touched, and most other uh organizations won't touch either. Uh one of them that we went to in twenty fifteen was the Democratic Republic of Congo, which uh you you probably grew up learning it uh, learning its name as the Zaire. Uh that's how i grew up learning its name as well but uh, it, it changed its name in 1997 i believe it was uh it's a huge country in the middle of africa uh and it's considered one of the uh, uh, what is it it used to call the failed state index but it's it's uh, it's a fragile it's a fragile country uh very little central government control there and uh it's been through a lot of civil war it's just a very sad situation but we sent a, a C-team there with the Dikembe Mutombo Foundation. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Dikembe Mutombo. He's a former uh, NBA star, uh, played for Houston, I think it was. He's originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and he now has a big, um, uh, a, a, a big medical trust uh, and just built the hospital in Kinshasa, in its capital. So he sent a team there to help him start up an ophthalmological program there. Uh, Dr. Ndume led the team, and it was really fantastic. They treated a huge amount of people uh, who otherwise would not have had access to any vision care at all. So we were very proud of that.
0: Well, it's really nice to hear that uh, athletes, successful athletes, are Mm -hmm. actually going back to their home country and I think that's the situation with uh, Liberia because the new president of Liberia is George Way who was uh, Mm an exceptional soccer player played for Milan and now he's the new president Mm -hmm. of Liberia and he's really pushing you know to help the people that that need uh, medical care and eye care you know to make a difference in the country that's right
1: that's right. Yeah, I. I the th- thing with Dikembe Mutombo was uh, part of part of what has really fueled him was his mother died of a of a heart attack, actually. Uh, and in, if she had lived in really any other country, particularly in the U.S., uh, she could have gotten you know quick hospital care easily, and it would have saved her life. But she uh, uh, was living in a country that didn't really have much of a medical infrastructure. And so that was a big part of why he decided to send a lot of money back to the Congo and uh, build a hospital there and make sure that that didn't have to happen to anybody else.
0: Well, we're coming up to another break on Healthy Vision. And when we come back, I'd like to talk about this, the logistics of uh, setting up a mission. Because I know I'm getting set to travel to Liberia, and it's just mind-boggling the organization that's required uh, before you even leave for the country. So, you're listening to Healthy Vision, and my guest is Steve Bunnell from C International, and we'll be right back after this break. Okay, welcome back to Healthy Vision, and we're talking about curing blindness, uh, the epidemic of blindness worldwide, and the wonderful work that C International is doing. So, Steve, I, I want to share with us just the, the logistics of, of setting up a mission. I'm beginning to become aware of what goes on, I'm ready to leave for Liberia, and it's just amazing the organization that is needed before the surgeon steps foot in the country.
1: Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's a large undertaking, and we have a really wonderful uh, operations team that handles all of our programs. Um, really, the basic framework of how things happen is uh, local physicians in the developing world uh, Or local government officials or what have you will contact us and invite us in. And uh, we play a a vital matchmaking role with doctors like you who want to travel to interesting places like Liberia and uh, uh, give some of your time and and energy to uh, to changing some people's lives. Um, Now, as far as where our supplies come from... We get a large amount of supplies donated uh, very wonderfully by uh, companies, by pharmaceutical companies like Alcon, Allergan, Bosch & uh Johnson and & Johnson, and uh, a number of others. And they'll donate just a whole host of wonderful things in kind to us uh, so that we can provide it to you guys. Uh, and uh, we have a great uh, warehouse team here who will pack up these giant suitcases and uh, boxes and uh, get them through customs. And um, when you uh, arrive in, in Liberia, uh, you'll be transporting some stuff, perhaps, uh, and some other stuff will be there as well. Uh, but the point is is they'll uh, transport that all there, and uh, you guys will be ready to go.
0: So what is the, the size of the sea operation? I know you have individuals responsible for uh, coordinating missions in different countries, uh, you have a That's team, right. I guess, of nurses, uh, technicians, and of course, there has to be some type of um, uh, preliminary footwork, uh, going to the country, mm-hmm. investigating uh, the facility that they have, uh, the cooperation of the government, etc. So, I guess, sure. m- maybe take me through the process, uh, let's say you have some interest in a country you've never gone before, what would be the
1: process? Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Well, we have a lot of forms that are filled out where, um, you know, relevant information, of course, is provided about the equipment that, uh, these, these places have, the equipment that they need, uh, that sort of thing. We don't actually have team members that personally go out and, uh, and check out the sites, uh, as of now. You know what? I probably, let me ask, you know, let me ask Kat about this, actually. She can probably give you a much better answer on the preliminary part of stuff, because I don't want to tell tales outside of school, if that's all right with you. Yeah,
0: because I was under the impression, I just got an email, that there was a team in Liberia uh, two to three weeks before the mission, uh, seeing if the roads were adequate and the, the infrastructure mm-hmm. was there.
1: Well, that may be one of our partner organizations there. We work with a lot of partner organizations. Uh some of them are, op- a lot of them are optometric organizations, so they'll be there, you know, providing glasses and uh, and that sort of wonderful stuff. Uh, and uh, they give us an account of, of things. But, you know, could could I get a two-minute break real quick? Just ask Kat this, and you can edit around this if you like. Well, might. you
0: know what? When we come up to the break, our next um, uh, official radio break, uh, we can do that. But there you right go. Now, right now we're live, so... We uh, got oh, okay. we got some other things we we need to cover, and I sure, guess sure, uh, sure. I guess <laughs> let's talk about uh, how C is financed. Um, I know there's yeah. you know a need and uh, your commercial, which is going to be running on this program. You know, for fifty dollars, mm. you can restore mm-hmm. somebody's uh, blindness, uh, which yeah. you know yeah. is 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 amazing for for that amount of money. Uh, paying for you know a complex surgical procedure, and just just to let the listeners know, these surgical instruments are expensive. I just bought a small forceps was five hundred dollars. A little pair of scissors another four hundred dollars. Uh, the lens. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the equipment alone. It's um, it's mind boggling in terms of the expense. So yeah, I mean, course, it you got really, to really be updating up. the equipment, and you need disposables. So to to do a procedure for $50, I think that's remarkable.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a big part of the reason why we're able to do that is uh, just because, as I said before, we get a lot of equipment. Been donated to us in kind, of big companies, and that takes a, a large amount of the cost off of our back and off of your back, and certainly off of the patients' back. Um, besides that, though, we get a lot of money from small donations from uh, you know people like our, like your wonderful listeners. Um, we also get a, a good chunk of money from grants and different foundations as well. We have a, a wonderfully staffed development team that is always keeping their eyes out for uh, uh, wonderful donors and foundations that want to uh, to leave a, a positive imprint on the world. But yeah, uh, $50 is about the mark, really, for how much it costs for us to do cataract surgeries worldwide. And uh, while I've been emphasizing that we're doing a lot of different types of, of treatments besides that, uh cataract surgeries still are very much our bread and butter, and rightfully so it's it's uh, still i think four out of five uh no no no, I'm sorry I got the statistic wrong it's uh, around fifty percent of all cases of blindness are are caused by cataract still
0: and it's uh it's a surgical procedure that can be done uh very efficiently and you can do a yes. large volume and really make the dis difference. Uh, you know, other surgical procedures such as glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, mm-hmm. maybe corneal right. transplants are a little bit more tedious, require a little bit more uh, follow-up care,
1: which Absolutely.
0: may not be available in in that particular area. But one thing that C requires is that there is a host ophthalmologist or an eye professional mm-hmm. that will do the follow-up care when the surgeon leaves. Is that correct? Sure.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, so that's really one of the wonderful uh, important aspects of our programs that we're putting more and more emphasis on is that we are working with host ophthalmologists and we're making sure that there's really uh, an exchange of information and education and learning between the host doctors and the traveling doctors. Um, one of the things that we try to transmit to our host partners on the ground uh, is the technique known as the manual small uh, incision cataract surgery, which uh, I believe you you uh, went through the training recently, right? Right. I went through the training. But interestingly enough, that was a
0: technique that I employed mm-hmm. yeah. in uh, 1990, the, the tunnel incision. Oh, no kidding. And, well, it wasn't quite uh, the way it's uh, perfected now. But just for the mm-hmm. listeners, this is a surgical technique that you can do cataract surgery very efficiently uh, without using sutures. It's a self-sealing incision. So uh, the eye is uh, very stable because as soon as you start to suture, then I guess the big problem in these third world countries is the suture causing an irritation, and then they rub their mm. eye, and that causes an infection, and uh, which could lead to blindness and negates the operation. So you need to do a procedure where... The eye is relatively comfortable because you know the hygiene isn't like it is in the United States there, and uh, you know the, the water's polluted, and uh, it just you just have to really be concerned about uh, an infection.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, and um, so yeah, I, I believe you're talking about the extra extra capsular technique uh, was the older version of it. Uh, and the manual small incision version that we teach now is, as you said, it's it's a, a little bit of a, a higher evolution of it. It's a self suturing technique. Now uh, you create a much smaller incision, and uh, it's it's really just an ingenious little technique. Um, what's really terrific about it, as as you no doubt observed, is that it's it's low tech. It doesn't require you to take in massive uh, Uh, heavy pieces of machinery like uh, uh, a FACO machine or anything like that. You don't need a a real steady supply of energy, which in countries like uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo is is necessary because you have frequent brownouts there. Uh, All you need is just a small kit of instruments and uh, a a few other supplies and the know-how. And uh, so by teaching the doctors on the ground, our host doctors, our host partners, uh, how to do this technique not only are we giving them the ability to give follow-up care to these patients but we're really teaching them a, a, a man proverbially how to fit proverbially how to fish uh, that is to say we're teaching them this technique where they can go out into communities nearby or far away in their home and countries help, uh, and help that, teach the uh, local
0: doctors that same technique while we're coming up to another exactly.
1: break exactly and when we come sure. back,
0: um, you'll you'll check with uh, the operations just to see what exactly goes on in That's terms right. of uh, preliminary investigations before the, the team goes. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Healthy Vision. With me is Steve Bunnell. And uh, so uh, on the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about you don't really have a senior does that really have a team that goes To investigate these locations, but you do have other ancillary organizations uh, like optometric groups.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and part of the reason why we're able to to uh, so we rely on the reports of the host sites, the host clinics, and the uh, doctors we partner with in country to give us honest assessments. But the thing that's really terrific is that we have very long standing relationships with so many of these sites. So many of them, we've been working with them for 10, 20, sometimes 30 years, Uh, and uh, they really know how to give very good, honest assessments about how easy it is to get from the airport to the clinic, uh, what the roads are like, what patient load you should prepare for, certainly what types of operations that are going to be uh, performed over the course of the three to five days. Uh, But there are also other organizations that we partner with as well uh, that do optometric care and other uh, sorts of of vision care uh, that will go on before us, and they can also provide us with a a good, honest assessment as well.
0: Well, if you're listening to this show, there are ways that you can participate in helping cure blindness in the world. (laughs) And um, I guess you made the comment you never have a shortage of, of volunteers uh, who... Not at all, no. You know, not at all. But so if you're a medical doctor, if you're a nurse, uh, or you're interested in helping actually uh, participating and going to these missions, you can contact C. And what's the best way to get information on participating in these missions?
1: Sure, sure. Well, uh, you can go to our website. That's www.see. INTL.org and that's our website and there's a whole host of uh, of, of links and ways you can participate there. Uh as uh, as Ed pointed out it only costs about fifty dollars to uh perform a, a site restoring cataract surgery on somebody who really needs it. So if you'd like to donate to us, that's a really great way of doing it. But uh if you don't have the money on hand or if you want to donate your skills as a doctor or just any sort of volunteer at all, we would really love to have you. Uh, email us at info, I-N-F-O, at S-E-E-I-N-T-L uh, I'm usually the one that checks that, so I'm looking forward to seeing your emails. Uh, you can also uh, call us up. Our phone number is, uh, is 805-963-3303. Uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, see uh, international, um uh, post links on your Facebook page to your friends about this interview um, and just uh, keep tabs on us on in the news because we're uh we're doing some amazing things that are newsworthy
0: and uh, my wife and I we're gonna keep a, a blog on our upcoming mission expeditions we have a website mm-hmm. set up mission to cureblindness.com mission to cureblindness.com and we're gonna be documenting our travels, and my wife is an excellent writer, and she wants to publish mm. some of this material in the book. And I think C has quite a lineup for me right now. I'm starting uh, yeah. for Liberia Liberia, then uh, Calcutta, India, mm-hmm. and I'm going to Haiti, uh, Ethiopia, and uh, El Salvador. Other than that, it's not going to be a very busy year for me. <laughs> <laughs> but if my, my patients, if my patients are listening, I'm not abandoning you. I am going to be coming back <sighs> and still running uh, my practice. But interestingly, I do a lot of telephone consults for my practice. My practice is more geared to people who are actually going blind in the United States who maybe haven't had satisfactory surgical results. And I'm looking at ways to help
1: restore their lost vision through maybe different, different oh, that procedures. Is, that- that is so important. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, uh, you know, if, if the, the quick medical solution doesn't work instantly, it can be a very frustrating and scary thing. So it's good to have you as a resource, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: you know, ophthalmologists do a re- remarkable job. and restoring lost vision from cataract, glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy. But there's a large percentage of people who just maybe had a complication from surgery, have scar tissue, not sure. healing properly, and they're looking for other modalities to, to bring back their vision. Um, so
1: mm-hmm. the yeah. States, and you can only, uh, only do your best.
0: In the United States, we have plenty of very competent, exceptionally skilled uh, ophthalmologists and surgeons, but unfortunately, in these third world countries, it's uh, really a tragedy how uh, they're yeah. lacking in good eye care. And I hope that yeah. uh, I hope that if there are doctors listening, this is a, a great way. And also, I wanted to make make a comment. When I was in Vietnam, I went to one of the larger eye hospitals in Vietnam, a Binh din Hospital, and they had a uh, really a great team of ophthalmologists. They had some the latest equipment, but it was shocking. They just were not trained in some of the latest uh, surgical procedures or advances. <clears throat> and um, sure. so there really is a need, um, you know, to go back. In fact, my wife and I are planning to go back to help just teach them some simple, simple procedures that can, you know, really make a difference in their practice
1: sure sure and uh, hopefully you'll you'll get a good exchange of of information there as well because you know, one of the things that our doctors frequently report is that they learn a, a real heck of a lot as well on these expeditions uh you know uh, uh, vision care is is obviously better on the whole in the united states than a lot of the world but there are big parts of the us that also have limited access to to vision care and um, it's 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 good to know how to work with difficult cases. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, see, see
0: is C international involved with any areas in the United States
1: that the division care? Yes, actually, I'm I'm glad you asked because it's it's something that I I feel we don't really tout enough. But we have a, a domestic program um, also based in Santa Barbara, um, Santa Barbara Vision Care Program treats uh, all residents of Santa Barbara County uh who don't have uh who are uninsured uh they're not on uh, on Medicare or, or uh the, the California version of of Medicaid which is called MediCal uh but they can come in and we'll give them eye exams and uh uh you know vouchers for glasses and uh, uh it's really a terrific program but we've expanded into Ventura County which is just to the south of us and we're also doing um some interesting startup programs in other parts of the country as well, but uh, th- those I won't really announce concretely because we're, we're putting the finishing touches on those, but uh, listeners should keep your eyes peeled, uh, again, no pun intended, because uh, uh, we're going to be doing some pretty amazing things across the U.S. as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's good to hear because it's nice to have a passion for helping the less unfortunate all over the world, but... <laughs> You know, you really yeah. got to look at your, your neighbor here in the United States who may not have health insurance and who may be suffering from a vision problem and just can't afford the surgery. So that's really, to that's really good to know. Absolutely, That's really good to know. So before we end the show, let's give all this uh, contact information again, if you could, mm-hmm. so people can sure, either sure. investigate. Oh, one, one question that I'm sure people will have is do you need some type of training Let's say that you want to volunteer on a mission if you're a nurse or an optometrist, uh what type of training is involved?
1: Yes, so uh, usually when we send actual doctors out into the field, we only send out uh, ophthalmologists, but we we do uh, uh send out uh you know nurses and and other medical teams as well. Usually the best way to get uh the best way to get started if you are not an ophthalmologist, is to find an ophthalmologist that wants to go on a sea expedition or uh, someone who is already involved with Sea International that's an ophthalmologist and uh, get included on their team then. That's usually the best way that that uh, that we have for that. But as far as, as other volunteer opportunities are concerned, there are other opportunities as well. So just get in touch with us and we'll work it out. Yeah, we're planning
0: in my office, uh, we're planning... My wife is going to be joining me on the mission. She's my ace uh, yeah. surgical tech. Uh, she knows my every there need I operate. And then we're also going to be taking some of our office employees uh, just to help them uh, develop a passion yeah. for the mission. And, and also educating my existing patients that there's a need. Yeah. I think I mentioned earlier that I played uh, the chance to see video in my office this week. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a dry eye. In, in in the waiting room after they watch that movie so if you're listening uh, make sure you go to the, the C website and uh, download that but I can't believe we're coming to yes. the end of healthy vision and Steve I want to thank you mm-hmm. so much for taking time and and just uh, accolades to your organizations doing such a wonderful job thank you so much all right Hope well, uh, thank you uh, this is your host uh, dr. Edward Condra wishing all of you good health And clear vision. For many of us, our thoughts turn to giving back to those in need. And how to make the greatest difference in someone's life. Santa Barbara's own Sea International is an organization that can help you do just that. By donating $50, you can restore the sight of someone who is blind and change their life forever. Give the gift of sight today at seintl.org. Donate today. That's S-E-E-I-N-T-L dot org. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at healingtheeye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review.
1: We love hearing from
0: listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision.